Hello, everyone. Hey. Um, I'm Kay. I'm Craig. And I realized, was it last week or the week before that, but we never even said the name of our show. We just like went right into it. So this is Raiders of the Lost Art. Welcome um, back to Raiders of the Lost Art. If you've yet to listen, if this is your first episode, I mean, it really shouldn't be. I don't know if you want to start here, but if you want to, like, by all means, it's your world. Live it. Yeah. I mean, random people re- listen to random episodes. I don't take offense, but that is the name of the show. Um Today, we will be talking about um, nostalgic childhood TV shows. Um, before we get into that, I know Craig wanted to tell a little, little story or something, and I just wanted to mention something that I thought was funny. So, yes. I'll hand um, the floor over to Craig. Actually, before I even go into my story, I just oh. thought about it because this is pop culture related. Okay. So, in other news, have um, by the time you're hearing this, by the time the folks at home are hearing this, um, I'm curious, Kay, if you have heard anything about it. I feel like it's all over Twitter. I don't know how much you know about it. I don't know too much about it either, but the little mixed drama that's happening right now. Oh, I just saw that, what's her name? Jesse was accused of blackfishing because of yes. a music video she did with Nicki Minaj, which is its own um, choice in itself. Conundrum, yes. Um, yeah, and I saw something about people were attacking other members of Little Mix, like one of them who like just had what, twins or something? Um, I don't know that what? much about Little Mix, so. It's okay. I'm like a fake fan. Like I do enjoy them, but I really don't know too much about them. Um, but basically, long story short, as I remember it, Jesse, who was part of the group, left. And what's really interesting is she left on claims of backlash and just like being too much in the spotlight and having fans like focus too much on her and like tear her down like all these people on the internet and really affecting her mental health so she wanted to take a step back and like take herself away from that limelight but then it's like a lot of people are like you know like looking into it they're like okay but now you literally just threw yourself right back into the limelight such a short time later by becoming a solo artist so it's a little sketchy, a little shady. Like if you were leaving and you wanted to do a solo thing, there's a better way you could have approached it. Um, but apparently her and Nikki had like an Instagram live supporting the new single or whatever. And they went into all this like shady stuff about other members, I guess. Mm. So that transpired. Again, this is all based on kind of like little of what I've been reading. I haven't read too much about on it. Um, and then I saw that Nikki was going after Leanne, who's one of the members of Little Mix, and there's this back and forth. And it's really interesting because like amidst all this that Jesse's facing with like the black fishing, and it's interesting that Nikki Minaj is choosing to stand up for a white woman and is attacking another black woman. I literally thought that Jessie was like mixed just because she was a little mixed, if you will. Um, 
<laughs> because of just the way that she displays herself. I had no idea that she was like white or even if she is mixed, I mean, she portrays herself as, you know, very, um, I don't even know the right way to put it, but like, you know what I mean? Where there's a lot of uh, white women love to adopt the parts of black culture that they find attractive or something um, and don't look into how it impacts the community whatsoever or how it's maybe appropriative. And I just, you know, it gets to the point where, yeah, you think these people are actually black and they're not. And it's just like, oh, that's suckish. Messy. Yeah. Um, all in all to say, basically what I find the most fascinating of this drama is literally, if you think about it, it's Nikki being, you know, messy once again. And it's basically distracting from what's been going on with her husband as of late. Yeah. If, if she don't kill that man, I swear to God. <laughs> uh, she supports him. I which... know. It's so disappointing. And she's and like, been involved yeah. in not so great stuff. Yeah, and the public like... perception on her by the gay community in, in general, um, it's done a total 180 over the past, I would say over the past year, but mostly the last like two months. Like a yeah. lot of them were willing to like look beyond her husband being a piece of shit, but they're like, but I draw the line at uh, COVID misinformation. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> That's a little picky choosy, but all right. Yeah. Um, but how about we go into your pop culture and then I'll do small story time. Well, Craig, I just want I just wanted to say you, you kind of look like a weed man. <laughs> are you are you picking up what I'm putting down? What you're putting down? Oh yeah. Say it, the, the um the the MGK Megan. I love how we don't all. even say his full name and just he's just MGK at this point. MGK, yeah. <laughs> MGK. It's honestly catchier than Machine Gun Kelly. Which it just sounds like an old west like villain or something like that. Like, oh, it's all machine gun, Kelly. He like, can't uh, like, play with his machine gun. It sounds like a radical racist pop singer. <laughs> the full yeah, name. that I don't too. Know. MGK just sounds a little. It sounds. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there was that. Was it Vulture or I don't even know an article about. Well, Megan Fox essentially talking about her relationship with Machine Gun Kelly, and it was like the most like Joker, Harley Quinn, uh, two emo-ish kids from your hometown thing I've ever seen. And um, ever wanted to. They're trying, like, they're trying to sell us on Machine Gun Kelly by attaching him to Megan Fox, but it's just making Megan Fox cringe. It's not working the way that they they thought it would. Um, so this girl has this girl has had enough bad publicity in her life. Like, yeah, I'm like us, now you're just enjoying can, it. <laughs> can we just let her live? I mean, like this now she's the, bringing the, it on herself. 
I know. The first half of her career, she was slut shamed, and now I, she's being cringe shamed. <laughs> no, but this time she deserves it. Is what I'm saying. Um, oh, for sure. I want to read. So she posted uh, a picture. Um, it was for GQ style, actually, the article, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to read the caption on on this picture because I think it's so fucking funny. <laughs> okay. This is hers. The tale of two outcasts and star-crossed lovers caught in the throes of a torrid solar flare of a romance featuring feverish obsession, guns, addiction, shamans, lots of blood, general mayhem, therapy, tantric night terrors, binding rituals, chakra sound baths, psychedelic hallucinations, organic smoothies, and the kind of sex that would make Lucifer clutch his rosary. Like, is this an A24 film? <laughs> no, this isn't even like A24. This is just this. And I saw a TikTok about this where it sounds like, you know, um, on a, on Saturday Night Live, um, when oh, Stefan would start like listing things that were found at like the hottest club in, in New York. He's like, New York's hottest yeah. club is this place has everything. That's exactly what it sounds like when he's listing things, just like therapy. <laughs> hallucinations like girl how what what world are you living in where first of all this is star-crossed you're both rich and famous you're not star-crossed you live in a mansion second of all the image of the devil clutching rosary beads i think it's It's her saying like it's so crazy that even like satan's like whoa guys calm down and i'm like girl i'm sure it's the most vanilla stuff i've ever seen in my life if if it's just weed that you guys are smoking you guys aren't doing shit tell me about like shrooms or speed or something i don't know um yeah anyway so i just anyways i find it's it's just funny (laughs) to me like, it's not bad. I, like, she's not a bad person. Neither of them are people oh, no. that I know of are bad people. It's just funny to me. That's just, yeah, it's straight. Also, like, the memes that have come out of it, like, mm-hmm. on Twitter and stuff. At first, obviously, like, when I was seeing all of them, I didn't see the interview or, like, what it was about. So I was, like, really confused. Just, and then I looked I into weep. it. And I'm, yeah. But then it just, like, made me angrier because I'm like, this isn't even clever. Come on. Come on. stupid. The one where it was the ladybird one where she's talking to Kyle at the cafe and Kyle goes, I am weed. I'm like, that, that's, that's good. Cause that tracks. Um, what was it? And then what, one last Twitter trend, well, okay. I guess social media trend, um, the red flag one. I'm that lasted for a day and I was like, all right, this is enough. Like it, we wish it lasted for a day. It's still going. And well, like, I mean, like I, it was good for a day and then and that's been like three or four days of this. Just like most most trends, they're good for a day, and then they get really I would really say tired some, really quick. Some last for like three or four days. The best ones last for like a week, and then it's like they're kind of done. But uh, this one was literally just like a day, and I was like, all right, enough. Um, and also half and of them are just people being haters, and like usually I'm okay with that because I am a hater first and a feminist second, but. A lot of it's just like mean, and I'm like, 
Oh, God forbid people have interests that are different than yours. God. God forbid people want to have fun. Yeah, and a lot of like, it's honestly any brand is any uh trend is dead when a brand jumps on it. And I've seen so. I was literally about to. Say, that was the next thing I was going into. I'm like, I hate more than anything when like an actual verified account, such as like a brand, a corporation, tries yeah. to like when Cookie Crisp jumps on the trend. Um, guess what? It's dead. It's six feet under. Um, yeah, you don't need that. I I. That's like one of my least favorite things about social media. And I've spoken about it before, but just like the personification of brands where like they interact with each other and like they speak like the people. And I'm like, no, just try to sell me stuff. Don't do any of this. I'm your friend because you're not my friend. Like I'm sure Kellogg's accounts are still like tweeting stuff. You're, like that while you're like a capitalist machine. You're a capitalist it's, machine. You're not it's a friend. nauseating. It's dystopian. Hate. Anyway. Anyways, um, so quick story before we go into mm-hmm. today's theme. I just wanted to let the, the fellow um, listeners out there know and Kay give her an update. So obviously it's spooky season from time to time. We've been talking about horror films. Um, and, you know, we finally got the trailer for the new Scream film coming out in January. Looks very good. Looks very promising. I knew it would. But this weekend, what's today? Thursday, tomorrow actually, or tonight, the new Halloween film comes out. Halloween Kills, right? Yes, Halloween Kills. And I have not seen the 2018 version of Halloween. I forgot that. Until last night, Dave and I watched, we did a double feature. We watched the original from 1978 and we watched the new, uh, the newer one that, you know, I've seen the original before and I've seen a few of like the um, sequels. Basically long story short, Halloween there, I think there's like eight sequel or eight films all together. And then Rob Zombie and then Rob Zombie did like his own thing. Right. I think there was like two of them. Many. And then with the Halloween that came out in 2018, basically what they did was they wiped the slate clean of all the sequels and was like, okay, this is a continuation from the first film. Hmm. So I, okay. I like how I like how they did that because obviously I mean I understand the, it. In the Halloween cinematic universe, the HCU, like it just the the 2018 film version and it's predecessors just wouldn't make sense because like in the Halloween 20 like age 20 years later um Jamie Lee Curtis's character has like a son in it but then like obviously in this one she has a daughter and a granddaughter so like there's no obviously like I said it wipes the slate clean it starts kind of fresh it's 40 years later so it's a continuing storyline it's very well developed I like the film a lot surprisingly I didn't know how I'd feel about it but it's actually really good and I'm very much looking forward to Halloween Kills because I, it literally picks up right where it left off. Which I, I like when I've heard that. about that. That's cool. I have seen none of these movies. That's okay. Not a one. I want to watch at least the original. My thing with a lot of horror slash, you know, slasher films is that there's so many goddamn sequels that I just will never watch. And then there's the mm. reboots. Um, yes. And it's just like, 
is this actually good or is it just a cult favorite? Fun, you know? yeah. So here's the thing. Dave and I had a, a little um, discussion this morning. He was he was kind of appalled by my behavior, my letterboxed behavior, because <laughs> I rated I rated the 2018 Halloween a little bit higher than the original. Ooh, that is, I would say, problematic, but just in the to the community as a whole. Yeah, and he said, what gives? And I gave him an answer, and he's like, okay, I see where you're coming from. I don't think he like, fully supports it or justifies it necessarily, but my thing is, of course, you always stick to a classic. It's what started it. I'm so on board. My only, like, I guess, complaint with the original film, and again, it's a 70s slasher film. You're not really supposed to expect much, but, like, in terms of storyline, it, like, lacks a little, and it's just... They all do. I mean, a lot of the times, those movies that came out in the late 70s, early 80s, um, they were going for either shock value or... Just how many kills? You oh, for get. sure. That's what the people were coming to see because it was a lot of teenagers and people in their twenties going to see yes. these movies. So they weren't. They didn't care about the plot. I know that's to an extent that's true, but there's some films during that era that, like, I don't know, had better plot lines. Not to say it was a bad plot line at all, but with the newer version, of course, you know, just from 1978 to 20. 18, 40 years is a big jump in terms of how film is made, the quality, all of it, like, combined. And then plus now, since it's, like, a sequel, it has all this room to play around with story. And that's – it's not like I – so long story short, I gave it a half star more. It's not like I gave it, like, a full star or anything more, but – I enjoyed it for what it was. And in terms of like within this century of slasher films, it's been one of the best. Yeah. I mean, I think there's more of a reliance on plot nowadays just because we've seen it all with yes. in regards to what kind of kills people can do on screen. Um, mm-hmm. Where like you need to have an interesting plot or no one's going to see it. Where like it was just the spectacle of it yes. back in the day that the plot didn't matter and now that i think that they've been so cemented as you know staples in the horror canon there's like an expectation that they should have had a good plot and so when people go back to watch them they're like oh like i watched evil dead last night and i was just like the plot is just they go to a cabin the his friends get possessed and he ha- he tries to avoid killing them, but he like has to. Like that's essentially the whole thing. Where like I had yeah. twenty minutes left, and I was like, oh, like nothing's happened really. Yeah. So. Um, so. And I was like, oh, I was expecting a lot of lore, but it's just the the book, and then all like, I think it also helps that in so many of these slasher films, the lore is so unexplored in the first movie that they're able to have all these sequels because it's like, oh, well, there's this thing that we didn't explain in the first one. Let's make a whole movie about it now. And it's like, duh. Um, And money, 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 even if it's the worst movie you've ever watched. Um, And often they are. Like, 
that's the thing with horror movies like and people who love horror movies they're just like yeah it was like the stupidest worst movie ever i loved it <laughs> i'm like what that's why i can never be fully in the the horror um buff fandom because i like plot too much and i don't like gore and that's like half of the fun i like being spooked i like a good spook Um, i like being spooked i do i like when things are haunted i think that's so much fun um she's like i think that's just so niche when things are haunted i mean yeah when it's just bloody for bloody sake it's just like it's not my thing like it can be fun but it's just generally not my thing I'd say, that, like, there's a good amount of people who feel that way, and it's very valid. I get it. No, I mean, but yeah, but it's also, like, completely valid if you just, like, want to watch a horror movie because it's fun to watch people get, and it's fun to be scared. Like, that's completely fair. I understand that completely. It's just not my thing. Yes. Anyways, going into anyways. today's topic. Anyways. <laughs> um, we are talking about nostalgic childhood TV shows because I thought... What, like, I don't know. I feel like this past week I've just been very nostalgic. It's fair. In I mean, terms it's of Halloween time, so it's a nostalgic season. Yeah, it is. And, like, the fall for me is, like, growing up um, as a kid, even now, like, the fall time is always just the most nostalgic time of year for me because it's, mm-hmm. like, you know, back to school usually when you were mm-hmm. a kid and, like, you're looking back on, like, what things looked like a year ago. Um, and obviously things when I moved here and I'm just like thinking about things and people back home. So I've just been in that like mindset. Mm. So I thought, what about we talk about childhood TV shows? Now, before we like, even get into our, our ranking, um, so obviously Kay and I go back and forth when we come up with topics, we're texting each other. I wanted your opinion. When I said like childhood TV shows, like what age range were you thinking? Cause I'm like really curious. I'm glad you said that because I divided my list into categories so that I could okay. avoid just doing ones from my early childhood or late childhood. Um, mm-hmm. Because when I hear childhood, I think, you know, ages four to 10, but I was watching different content at five years old than I was when I was even like nine or 10 years old. Because at exactly. 9 or 10, you're yes. like, I want to watch more, not adult things, but like more grown up things. Where like at five, you're like, throw on the Wiggles, throw on Barney. I don't care. Yeah. 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 So when I was like coming up on my list, that was like the one question I try to keep in mind. I'm like, technically, I'm like, where do I end this? Like, at what age is, do I put a halt to childhood? I will say the latest any of my shows really ran to except for one that's currently still on is 2012 um and i think i watched it up until that show ended so 2012 i was Uh, um 13 so yeah i think like in my head i like i defined it as a good good stopping point at like 12 ish um i think my my latest show run was like 2008 on my list mm. so i was 12. yeah anyway yeah. um anyways so you want to go first yeah i'm gonna you know start backwards with number five of course of course make my way up the list to one and of course i have some honorable mentions in there because i had so many to I, choose from. i will just run through mine at the end because there's a lot 
I don't have too many. I, I boiled it down, but it definitely could have been a lot more exhausted. But like, I try to like hone in on like what shows that I actually like really love and like yeah. I still think about to this day. Um, so coming in at number five is The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. <gasps> That one's on my honorable mention because I love from, that show. Such a good show. So it is a Disney Channel show that ran from 2005 to 2008 for three seasons. Um, and then right after, obviously, it had a spinoff series that picked up for another few years and another few seasons. Um, for those who don't know what that show is, if you don't, it follows the lives of twin brothers, Zach and Cody, who live in the fictitious... Tipton Hotel in Boston, and all I can say is that show, for the weirdest reason, just made you want to live in a hotel. No, not for the weirdest reason. It just it made complete sense. Like so much happened within that hotel, and it was so fun. And they were so whimsical and, and funny. And you're and like, had, like, oh, I want to live in a hotel almost. You know? Yeah. It's just and like. like their family lives there. Yeah, and you're like, I want to do this, but then if we, like, trying to ma- like put it into like reality, you're like, okay, imagine going to your local, I don't know, Holiday Inn and like living there, miserable. Yeah, Misery. I mean, they had a they had a suite at like what would be a Hilton in like Boston, um, so that would be a nice hotel. Yes. And so essentially to going to your point of what you just said, talking about the Hilton. So obviously the, um, the way the show was created, the Tipton was kind of like a, a nod at the Hilton hotel. And one of the characters of the show is the heiress to the hotel, her name being London Tipton. Again, a nod to Paris Hilton. Love that. What's so fun about the show, too, there's such great character development and there's such a diverse group of characters. And it's really one of, like, I feel like the first time, especially with, like, a childhood television show during this time where they, like, definitely took tropes and turned them onto their head, Mm -hmm. especially with the whole um, Maddie in London of it all, as, you know, a lot of people have talked about. It's very very canonized by now and a lot of people again discuss it and are like fascinated by the idea that the producers the writers who like everyone who were involved with the show created a smart blonde and a dumb asian as opposed to the stereotype where it's the smart asian and the dumb blonde yeah i mean that only goes Uh, so far but like sure fun fun Um, Especially, I guess it doesn't support stereotypes that children might be learning in school, but. Yes. And like, I don't know, at that age, it's just like good fun. Um, I'm curious, if you had to pick like a favorite character from the show, who would it be? I think I would pick Mr. Mosby. <laughs> yeah. Because I relate to him and that I'm a control freak. And, uh, I, when I was majoring in hospitality back in the day, I would say that I was going into Mr. Mosbyism um, to like be a manager or something of a hotel. So, no running in my lobby. Uh, and I love calling people hooligans. Like, it's such a great word. 
Um, I don't know why. I definitely had like I was like, oh, I like this character when I was younger. But like now, being older and like looking back at the show and like reminiscing some of the episodes and like I've watched some of them like not too long ago. I love Carrie. Oh, because she's mom. the best. She's literally such a star. Like she's the single mom raising she's, two twin she's boys. She's the freaking Reba. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? She's. Wait, what did you say? You know, the, you know the TV show Reba, like about yes, Reba. It's that's that's if it was framed to be about Carrie, that's what it would be. Yes. Um, but instead, it's about her children. Her children. Um, she's such a I don't know. She's an iconic character. She's a a singer at the hotel, and she's just like a young cool mom who like. She was definitely doing other stuff because there's no way she could afford to live there on just what she was making from those shows. I know. I'm really curious. I wonder if I think uh, she might have babysat too. Probably. Like kids who fun, also live there. Fun fact. So the show was nominated for a few Emmys back in the day. It didn't. Wow. It, it didn't win any. There's actually a few shows on my list that were nominated for Emmys. Mm. Uh, didn't win any, but the of course one of the most iconic episodes the tipton hotel commercial episode oh that my was god no- that was nominated for an emmy for choreography i mean it was great it was so good i kind of want to rewatch the the haunted episode because it's halloween i was, was going to say like, that one too the it was way most- too scary for no reason whatsoever it scarred a generation of children his acting was like above and beyond in that episode it was insane did like disney channel did not deserve that level of acting in that episode oh that was like ooh you got incoming <laughs> so good um <laughs> i really loved that show okay who did you have a preference between Zach or Cody of course. And who was it? So I preferred Cody because I saw more of myself in him. Because you're you're a good kid? Yeah, I was a good kid. I was very OCD. I had a lot of like similar attributes. Um, I was like good in school. I don't know. I saw like like I said a lot of myself in him, but as I got older. And again, going back and like rewatching the show, I prefer Zach because he is more fun. He is more charismatic. And like Cody's just stuck up and annoying. That's exactly how I feel. But even in the fact that like in the original series, I was like, oh, Cody all the way. And then in Sea Life on Deck, I was like, oh no, Cody sucks. Like Zach yeah, is where it's at. <laughs> I see Dave yeah, again in the it. background, like a little creep. <laughs> Hi. Oh my goodness. Um. Anyway, so on to mine. So I have organized my list. The first one on the list is an early childhood favorite. So like mm-hmm. when you're developing and you're watching TV, somewhat mindlessly, but not really. Um, and that one is Sesame Street, which is still running and has been running since 1969. So since wow. my mother was a child and um, I, I mean, we all kind of know what Sesame Street is about, I hope. But if you don't, 
the the synopsis for it on IMDb is on a special inner city street, the inhabitants, human and Muppet, tease preschool subjects with comedy, cartoons, games, and songs. Um, and that's just great. You know, it was intended to be something to help supplement preschool if um, people can afford to send their children to preschool or could just accompany you know kids going to school as well um Mm -hmm. and it's it was so innovative I think with like these just super short segments almost like a news station would have um that would cycle between you know live action with the with the Muppets and cartoons and all these other little segments that like a kid couldn't get bored because like their attention yeah. span is not long, but the segments weren't that long. So they pay attention it's to the super segment. multifaceted in terms of like what, what they were doing, the mm-hmm. visuals, what they were teaching. And like you said, I think it's such a, a gem of a show. And the reason why it's still on is because of the educational foundation mm-hmm. behind it and like and helping. It's constantly it. evolving too. Like there's constantly new characters that reflect, um, you know more modern attitudes like there's um a character with autism there's a character in a wheelchair there's a character with i think same-sex parents um Mm. i think it's also a character whose parents went through a divorce like they have all these characters so that every single child feels validated and it's not just you know neurodivergent whatever stereotypical nuclear family children who can relate to these um, characters. And I mean, so many of the characters on the show are just like so famous on their own that like you didn't, you don't even need to watch the show. And like, you know, Elmo, you know, Big Bird, you know, Cookie Monster, you know, Oscar the Grouch and all these other characters just cause like, and Bert and Ernie, God, one of the, the first gay couples <laughs> on TV. Uh, like man Elmo wasn't even the the main character he wasn't even introduced until like season eight I think um and still he's not even like the main character Grover technically is I think um it's just Elmo's world that was a segment but I don't know I the show's I loved watching it as a kid I was entertained I still remember things that I was taught by it like you know, empathy and how to share and how to count and be a good person, um, treat others the way that you want to be treated, all that, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. And C is for cookie and cookie is for me. So true. At the end of the day, that's all that matters is that cookie that's is all for it, me. That's all it comes down to. Um, but yeah, again, there's a reason why it's been on for so long and it's because it's just yeah. so excellent. And it's, it's been a part of so many lives at this point. Um, and I'm grateful to be alive, to have seen it, and to have seen some of the actual puppets used on the show when I went to the Jim Henson exhibit. Um, yeah. That was awesome. I love, I love puppets. Anyway, that was, that was my first one. Very nice, very nice. Uh, going into number four for my list, we have another Disney Channel show. Mm. That's so Raven. Oh, I 
I watched that. She's like, yes. Uh, so that ran from 2003 to 2007, and there was four seasons. And it's so funny, looking at my list, most of these shows, like these childhood shows are like three to four seasons. Mm -hmm. And as a kid, we didn't know what like seasons were and stuff. We just no. kept watching episodes of a show. Like, oh, so, it's like, on a watch. Yeah. So like looking back, I'm like, oh my goodness, I felt like these shows were on forever. Like they were on for so long. Yeah. But like, no, they were only on for a few years. We just kept watching a lot of reruns and we were that okay too. with that. That and like when shows start out, I remember it would just, they would cycle through the same few episodes and they'd rerun those. Like if there was like one season and it was like 20 episodes, it was the same 20 episodes that they just cycle all the time during its time slot until the next season was out and then they'd shuffle some more. Um, so, cause yeah. there's some episodes of like, uh, like Freak and Josh and stuff that I've seen so many times because I was watching it when there were only a few seasons out. So they had to cycle through those episodes more. So same thing with yes. like That's a Raven, I'm sure. That show is probably one of my earliest memories of Disney Channel. Um, I just loved everything about it. It was fun. It was fresh. It was actually funny. I watched it recently too on Disney Plus. Still funny. It still hits. The the jokes still land. Uh, and what's really great about it too, I didn't do too much research for all my shows today. I'm pretty sure um, it, it was nominated for a few Emmys as well. This show, that's a Raven. And what's so great about it um, is the di diversity in the show and the fact that um, in the early 2000s this was a predominantly um, casted by people of color, mm -hmm. including the protagonist, Raven, like, of the show, which is so important. Um, and they tackle so many important issues in the show, too. I still remember the episode where they both go to, like, apply at the... Yes. The, the, like, the clothing The clothing store. store. Yes. And the, the owner or the manager doesn't want to hire Black people. I was like, oh, my God, racism is real. Like, that's when I learned what racism... No, that's obviously not when I learned what racism <laughs> yeah. was. But... Like, I was like, oh, that's, it's still a thing. Like, MLK didn't fix it. <laughs> Cause yeah, and the fact that, like, my girl Raven. <laughs> and the fact that Disney was able to, like, even put that on. Yeah, but, I mean, it does, I think, frame Chelsea somewhat as, like, a hero in that episode, where it's, like, it's not just Raven who's, you know, the hero of that episode. But, yeah, like, and there's... For the time, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it is. Again, obviously, there are always ways that it could be improved, but the fact that there was an episode, and that wasn't the only episode, there was a lot of episodes mm -hmm. that had to deal with that. Um, weight was another thing that was brought up like mm -hmm. a few times on the show. I remember the episode where I think Raven's in a fashion show and she's like really self conscious about her weight and she's made to be. And like by the end, she like walks it and like the person that I think like running the fashion show or whatever, she's like, Well, this is who like this is basically who I am and I'm confident in my own skin, my own body. And mm -hmm. I think I look great with this dress on. I don't yeah. care what like you say or anyone else says. And I'm like, yeah, so, like that just. <laughs> They literally, like, the fact that they had that, and I wish, may, I mean, I could be completely wrong. I don't watch kids' shows nowadays. I hope they still do stuff like that. But, like, the I fact that, like, I, I feel like it was just so poignant and so 
And again, this was the early 2000s of it all and everything in these shows, especially that's why Raven was so relative as to like when they were, when the show was made. And I don't know, I just hit really great issues. And again, like it was just so comedic, so fun, so funny. Um, like I, I, I'm like literally at a loss for words right now. I love the show. I love the, the house. The, yes, the house. It That's took place so in San Francisco. Iconic. Yeah, I was just say it fun. has like that full house feel to it, but that might just because it's takes like the main set is a house, and it's in San Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's it. The opening title sequence is so fun. Let's go. So fun. I, I really did like that show a lot. Um, I remember my mom saying she didn't like to watch it with us because she thought Raven was annoying. And I'm like, and you know, as an adult now, I'm like, oh, she just wasn't comfortable with like the way that African Americans speak and, you know, conduct themselves, so to speak. Um, oh. with her, she's used to like <laughs> white people being <laughs> white and not like having a personality. I don't know. She's just like, oh, she's so loud. I'm like, uh, okay. And what about it? <laughs> and I'm like, and it's great. It, but, and she's fun. And she's girl bossing I every like, episode. I always thought it was like, they'd watch every other Disney Channel show with us, but not that story. But I was like, hmm, I wonder why suspicious. this is. That's, that's weird. That's suspicious. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. That started in 2003. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me because I remember watching that like being a, a whole ass child and I it started when I was five. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> that's a that's a good pick. I think I might have more um Nickelodeon shows than I do uh Disney. I don't think I have any Disney shows actually on this list. No, I have and that's... I have one. I have one. Okay. I was gonna say that's so okay. On to um, yours. You so did five, next, right? I did five. Okay, good. Um, so my later childhood favorite I have as my life as a teenage robot, which wasn't even that much later in my life. It was just um I was old enough to like put on the TV and put it on myself, and then I rewatched it as an adult as well. So yes. it ran from 2003 to 2008. Um, and apparently there's a movie coming out next year, but I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, any, but this show, it was on Nickelodeon and it's about the escapades of a super powered robot who happens to resemble a teenage girl that tries to balance high school and teen problems while trying to save the world from danger, which is just like mm. such a fun little premise for a show. Like it's understood inherently what each struggle within the episode is going to be bad. It's just like, she has this teenage thing that's going on, but she also has to defeat this monster. And often they would, they would thematically tie in with them uh, with each other. And it was just so fun. Um, I think one of my favorite things about this show was the animation style, which was so different than anything I had seen previously, where it kind of had this mid-century look to it and it had like mm. these interesting angles and color palettes and contrasting and dimensions and stuff and it was just so 
visually interesting to look at. And she's like, and that is why I'm in film school now. No, it's not. But it is kind of why <laughs> I, I like mid-century and like art deco stuff now as an adult. It's just like, I, I love shape and texture and color and all those things. And See, like I, the show rings a bell. I can picture it. I don't know if to say if I've ever watched it or like I maybe watched an episode or two, but I never really got into it. It's the robot and she has like the pigtails, right? Yeah, she's blue and yes. white. Yeah. She, I had a crush on her for, for sure. I also wanted to be her though, which is fun. Um, she was so cool there's like this really creepy episode where she is so insecure about her robot skin like because the guy she likes uh would only like i guess date a human so she i think her mom because her mom's an inventor um makes like this human skin for her kind of where she, it, she puts it on over her thing and she can look like a like a normal girl and like it form fits to her so it's normal but then when she takes it off it like takes on its own life and it's like there's just like skin thing that's oh. super scary like it was i feel like all our childhood shows had like just like one episode that was like, <laughs> so unhinged and like so creepy and like morose and it was just like what was it what were it what were the creators thinking for this episode? They were like, how am I best going to traumatize an entire generation of children? And they did yeah. it every single time. Um, Without fail. I'm to see if there's any pictures of that particular episode because, like, it's iconic within the 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 fandom for the show. Um, like, there's a lot of fan art of that one. Um, but I'm not seeing too many screen caps of it. Either way, there's a lot of weird uh, people in that fandom. I'm not, not going to lie. Um, there's some yeah, I can imagine. disgusting fan art out there. I'm like, canonically, she is a teenager, even younger than that. Is that it? Yes. Isn't that horrifying? Yeah. It, it doesn't even look like, it, it kind of looks like Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. It's just like a rag doll looking But like thing. hollowed, yeah. Ugh. It's and, it's, and it's basically a skin like that's ugh. um but ryan murphy like, we have your next season of american horror story right there anyway um anyways i love i love robots um i love when girls save the world which might be a theme in my list later on i don't know uh i love this show I wish more people had watched it because I feel like I find out later in life that like a few people watched it, but like mostly they just know like, oh yeah, I might've seen commercials for it, but I didn't watch it. And like, you should. So fun. So visually interesting. <sighs> yeah. 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 That's, that's all. That's all. All right. Going into my number three, which like, it was actually kind of difficult rating these because some of them I'm like, I can justify these for being my number one, but yeah. they all can't be number one. Mm -hmm. So rightfully so, rightfully so, this show is my, my pick, my third choice. Um, and I talk about her a lot. I don't know if I've talked about her a lot on the podcast, 
but I always like joke from time to time with my friends, like, oh, get me this for box set on DVD for my birthday. It doesn't exist. I've tried looking everywhere for like a complete series. But anyways, the show is another, oh, no, it's not, a, it's not a Disney Channel show. I chose a Nickelodeon show for number three. It is Zoe 101. I love Zoe 101. <laughs> Disclaimer though, before we like, before we even Oh, we're going to talk about the, Jamie. <laughs> before we go and delve into the, the topic of Zoe 101, I do, I going forward do not want to be affiliated with Miss Jamie Lynn Spears. <laughs> Death to all of them. She is a flop. She's gross. Oh, this one was also uh, run by Dan Schneider. So there's there's a few the problematic mm. areas. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. There's another Dan Schneider show we'll talk about for for sure later. Mm. Um, and as to why I didn't pick it for several reasons. Um, but going into Zoe 101, I haven't been reading the premises for the shows I've been talking about. Well, I, I did for Zach and Cody, it kind of summed it up. Uh, I didn't for That's a Raven, but Zoe 101, the series centers around Zoe Brooks as she enrolls in Pacific Coast Academy at school that previously only allowed boys to attend. Throughout the series, Zoe and her friends navigate life as teenagers in a boarding school. And as the series progresses, a group of friends grow closer. Um, so it is very much girl empowerment the show starts off with. I mean it's a continuing theme throughout the show but very much in the beginning because when they go to PCI it used to be an all boys boarding school mm-hmm. and you know the boys are like we don't want girls here and they're like well we're gonna be here so like suck it yeah, up so and it's very uh she's all that you know it, it really is and I'm okay with that um it was such a fun show it's predominantly filmed especially the first a uh, few seasons was filmed at Pepperdine University in California. Um, the I would have thought they were at college when I was a kid. I was like, yeah, these are adults. When you find out they're at like yeah. middle high school, I was like, hmm, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, middle school and high school. Yeah, middle school and high school. Insane. Um, insane. So the show ran from 2005 to 2008. There was four seasons. Um, fun fact, it was one of the most, if not, I think the most expensive show put out by Nickelodeon because it was entirely filmed on location. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of payoff with that because, like, it looks like it, it looks doesn't good. look like a set ever. It looks like somewhere where actual people live, which is different, yeah. I think, than a lot of their other shows. Um, and it's just such a fun show because, again, it's that very much college life, but you bring it down to like middle school and high school level. Yeah. And, and like, you cannot tell me that you didn't want to go to PCA. Like, no kid I out there could have watched with, More than Hogwarts, I wanted to go to PCA because, like, you could. I still want to. You're basically go to a little PCA. adult, you know? You were, I still want to go. College, but you're younger. Um, you know, they had sushi dorms. Yeah, they went to like a sushi restaurant all the time, and I'm like, I had to. Because it was on campus, sushi after school. Yeah. What the hell? Um, they always had cool events going on. Again, it was a boarding school, so they dorm there. They get to decorate the room, make it look cool. No adults. 
except for like the, yeah, the RA Coco, right? Oh, she's a star. She was great. She always had like her ex-boyfriend who she was crying about. And then there was also... She was always Dean. eating ravioli out of a can. I thought the guy's name was just Dean. I didn't know what a Dean was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, why do they always call him by his first name? <laughs> dumb. I'm dumb. But yeah, also I was like, again, like seven or eight when the show was on and I was watching it. Do you remember... I also like oh. tuning in for the the episode where they open the time capsule and all that it yes. was like an event like everyone in the neighborhood like got together and watched it okay no so i remember the series premiere like the pilot episode very vividly mm. I most people do. don't i i remember when the show was coming out because i remember the promos for it and i was like ooh, like in the back of my, my little kid brain i'm like this looks so good and I remember like tuning in for the pilot episode and like I was immediately obsessed and I, I religiously watched it. There's so many good episodes. Um, going back to the, our, our Halloween episode trope, I have to bring up the Halloween episode of Zoe 101. Um, so iconic. They, like, Which go one is that? Hike, they go like hiking in the desert and like disturb the like, grave of like some pca student that like died or something oh i vaguely like, remember and they, it. yeah and they bring the ghost back to pca and accident mm. and he starts haunting them okay and like zoe's and the nurse i think she like sprained her ankle or something and then like the the nursing office or whatever like turns into like a crazy whirlwind because the ghost appears and starts like throwing everything around and like is like haunting her. It's such an iconic episode. I love Halloween episodes of like kids' television, like more so than and Christ Christmas. Christmas oh. But yeah. I would I would say no Christmas episodes of like <clears throat> sitcoms and stuff are always better than the Halloween episodes. But Halloween episodes mm. of kids shows are so always because like there's always that kind of sincerity in like a kids show that you get at a Christmas episode, but you don't often get like the scariness factor in yeah. shows which you mm -hmm. kind of do in sitcoms because they're more adult but like to have that sincerity in like a show like i don't know community or um glee it's like okay yeah this is nice <clears throat> but it's always so nice my question the other shows. so my question for you in terms of zoe 101 if you could pick any character regardless of like gender or anything to be your roommate at PCA, who would it be and why? I'm just trying to think who I would gel with the best. Because mm. um, I'm like, some of these characters are too much like me and some of them are too different that I'd end up yeah. hurting them. I feel like Mike will like, get along with because he's just kind of chill and fun. And I, I was literally like, going to say Mike. I was going to say Mike too. Any really the like the least problematic character like yeah, mostly stayed out of drama loyal like funny Fine. as hell he tried to make dripping happen um which i think we should bring back i mean we kind of did when people say like that's like look at check out the drip that's exactly what dripping is um, basically so give he him started a revolution yeah. Everyone's going for that one. Um, 
Yeah, Michael, I definitely get along. Like Zoe, I would, I would bitch slap her when she would come back, bringing me bullshit about her life. When it's just like, how about you just don't be a cunt (laughs) to people who are nice to you. Um, and Quinn is too much like me that we would drive each other crazy. Yeah. Um, I also wanted uh, a sidekick phone because of them. Mm. I forget what it's called in the show. It's on a sidekick. Yeah, I forget what it's called too. And then a JetX. I still want a JetX. I remember that episode. That was cool. Um, They had to like make a commercial brand for it and they're like, mm -hmm. JetX. And didn't they get like ripped off too? Like, wasn't that the whole thing? It's just like they didn't get credit. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Rip. Oh, Austin Butler was on that. Oof. He was. What a cutie. So it was Victoria Justice. I know. She was in what the first? No. She wasn't in the first she came season. In, she was not. She came in in season two. They had that old roommate who was a big. I love her. I. She's, did a, not. she's such a. She's such a girl boss. If you go back and watch it, you'd actually appreciate her. Maybe. Maybe just because she stuck up to, to Zoe, who is such a... That, and, like, if you look at it, like, of course, I'd be bitchy, too, if I was roommates with Zoe and Nicole. They're yeah. so cool. They're both of them equally annoying in their own right. <laughs> of course. She yeah. made points, Dana, and I will stand by that. <laughs> um, She'd probably be roommate choice number two for me, because she... We would respect each other. She keeps to herself. She's neat. She's quiet. I vibe. Yeah. Chase, I would also slap. <laughs> and Logan. Yeah. I, I would mean, do Logan's more than like slap him. So cute, but such a dick. Yeah, no, I would I would gladly put his head into the fountain. I think ge- genuinely, I just wouldn't be friends with these people if I went to PCA. It's the same thing with like Harry Potter, where it's just like, I would not have been friends with Harry, Hermione, and Ron. I would have been sticking with my girl Luna or like some other bitch. Uh, we would have been, I would have been with the Pavardi twins, just chilling. Um, I know, I would have been like friends of a friend of Chase's or something. I would never yeah. be direct, cor- I would never be like correlated directly to these characters. Because, like, like I would, I would talk find- to them at a party, but not actively seek them out. Or like we would be in class. I can see it as like I being class with all of them and I'd be sitting next to like Lila, which is Victoria Justice's character, and be like, girl, like, what did he just say up there? And she'd tell me like thanks. And then like get back to my thing. I could see like Zoe coming up to being cup uh, coming up to me and being like, Oh my god, your tweets are so funny. And I'd be like, Okay. <laughs> 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 like that's the relationship we'd have. Literally. <laughs> I'm like and being like, she's oh. like, want to come? She's like, want to come over? You know, I'm in room 101, right? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, your necklace because you can't remember your key, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else can. You're like asking to be robbed. <laughs> your your purpose for PCA would to be strictly bully Zoe. <laughs> I would transfer to PCA just to ruin Zoe's life, and I'm pretty sure there's like a character or two that. Yes. yes, and they're supposed to be like the antagonist. I'm like, no, I understand them completely. <laughs> I justify their behavior. I love how uh, Victorious is kind of similar to Zoe 101 in that the main character is the worst <laughs> is character. The villain. Yes, 
<laughs> like, and everyone's just like, oh, not this bitch again. It's like, yeah, their name's in this show. It's obviously Yeah, and it's so, it's so funny because, like, Victoria Justice is a human. I don't mind her. I kind of do genuinely like her and yeah. what I've seen of her. Um, I love her in Zoe 101. I think Lola is such a great character. But, yeah, Tori Vega, catch these hands. <laughs> and your last. Um. <laughs> but you don't. <laughs> Really? Um, okay. If you had something you were passionate about, Tori. <laughs> my, my number three, I guess. Um, so this yep. category is an obscure favorite. So this is one that I'm pretty sure not that many people watched, but I did. Um, and that is Chalk Zone, which ran from 2002 to 2009. It was on Nickelodeon. Um uh, the synopsis is uh, the adventures of a boy with a magic chalk stick that enables him to enter a world of chalk drawings and alter its reality at will. Um, it's kind of like Harold and the Purple Crayon, but in TV shows. I'm looking at pictures yeah. right now because I'm like the name of the show did not sound familiar whatsoever. But like looking at these photos, yeah, yeah, I definitely watched this. I yeah. barely know anything, but yeah. Uh, I honestly couldn't remember anything about the plot. I just remember loving this show. Um, probably around like 2004-ish is when I was watching it because I was old enough to like get up on my own and like turn on the TV. Um, and I would, I knew exactly when it's like program slot was. It was like 7.30 to like 8.30 in the morning. And so I'd get my little ass up and I'd watch it. Um, in the morning, like pretty much by myself, especially in the summer, because like nobody did shit in my house. Um, and I, I would watch it and I had so much fun. I loved the three main characters. I thought they had a great dynamic going. Um, I will always associate the name Penny with the character Penny on the show. Um, yeah, it's just like a very imaginative show you know he had to come up with creative solutions for the problems that he got himself into um do i hear screaming outside you do it's one of the uh, cringe party buses passing by Mm, you don't get too many cringe party buses in my neighborhood um anyway i really don't have much to say about it just because um it's a show that I just remember watching and really liking, but I don't remember too much about it. Um, it was just really fun. Again, like the animation style was interesting because it kind of had like that typical round looking two dimensional um, animation style when it was in the real world. And then they would go into the chalk zone and it would everything would look like chalk. Um, yes. And that was super cool. And I really liked uh the sidekick oh what was his name he's essentially the chalk guy i think his name is snap Maybe yes that? is that what it is yes um yes. so he was super fun um i wish i had him in my own life so that i could go into the chalk zone man i want to go into the chalk zone so bad I would take chalk on my driveway and start drawing. I'd be like, all right, here we go. And jump in. I'd be like, not in this world. Um, and like trying to jump through and nothing's happening. Like, damn it. 
maybe next time. But, you know, as this was at a point in my life when I had a very wild imagination before the years of uh, schooling and whatnot destroyed me. <laughs> um, now I'm having to rekindle it back. Uh, so it was a great show to watch to help, uh, you know, support me in that imagination. I had a lot of fun watching mm-hmm. it. I don't know if I'd feel the same way if I rewatched it now. Um, I think it's just some nostalgia I have blinded yeah. me, but I don't plan on rewatching it. So it'll be perfect in my memory forever. As it as it should be. Yep. Um, but that's all I have to say about Chalk Going into my number two, it's another Nickelodeon show. Um, the, it was very close to being my number one. It's to this day, like I will watch the show. It is fantastic. It it's so nostalgic and it brings me pure ser- serotonin. And that is Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. That's also on my goddamn uh, short list for this podcast. I love that show one of my favorite shows of all time so uh premise or synopsis of the show ned's declassified school survival guide chronicles the wacky adventures of ned bigby and his best friends jennifer mosley better known as mose and simon nelson cook also known as cookie at james k polk middle school ned breaks the fourth wall to share tips and tricks on navigating middle school or junior high hurdles each 22-minute episode contains two 11-minute shorts, both of which deal with a subject about home life, each containing an odd plot and an odder plot in the next episode. What is so fun about the show, which I just read in its premise, is it breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, and we get talks, a little Ferris Bueller moment in each, yeah, each episode. Yeah, it speaks, di- speaks directly to the audience, and it gives you tips and tricks. Um, the reason I love this show so much it was on from 2004 to 2007. It was three seasons long, and the show started right before I went into middle school. So, unfortunately, it gave me very high expectations for middle school. It's not very as fun. unrealistic, <laughs> but very <laughs> unrealistic expectations. But that's okay because I lived vicariously through the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I still also, why I love it. Same, literally. I'm like, why can't my life be a Nuts Declassified episode? Um, being the nerd that I am, and I probably would never admit it back then, but I will now. I love school. School was like school. exciting back then. Yeah, there the, the, there's there's reasons as to why it was. Um, you know, obviously there was things about it we hate for sure, but like I did like it. I genuinely like the structure of it. The I, I just I was actually at work when I was at work last week. I'm on break this week. And that we were doing like training and stuff and personal development. I was talking to one of my coworkers, and like honestly, if I could make a full time living out of being a student, I'd be the happiest person alive. Like I love just being sitting there and being told to like take notes and like do I don't know. I just I'm like very the productive. Routine. I do. I'm very productive as a student. I really do love the routine Virgo of it. Rising baby, that's your Virgo. Yeah, that's <laughs> my cat moon too. I also yeah. love. Oh, yeah. I just love learning new things. I mm. love, I just love Well, you're a little stuff. research bitch. I should be really shorts that say research bitch. Can you? I mean, I'd Christmas wear, is coming. I'd, <laughs> I'd wear them. I know you would. Um, I'd wear them up to Target and everything. Um, 
But again, it was such a fun show. I'm so sad because it, it didn't get its proper ending it needed. It was mm. very much cut short. Um, well, did and, it end with the field trip episode? Yes. I was like, that's a nice field trip. I don't. I didn't go it, on any shit like that when I was. Like, yeah, literally, such a nice field trip, but like not a nice way to end the show because no. there's so many, you know, open-ended things, and it, it just again, there's as a kid kids need comfort, kids need closure. I did not get that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm very pissed to this day. Also in production at Nickelodeon, like while they were filming this and they were kind of planning the future of the show, they were going to continue it as a, almost like a spinoff, but like the same series where it went into them in high school. Mm -hmm. Would have been so great. But unfortunately, people involved in production were on other shows, working on other projects. Um, and the actress who plays Moe's, I'm forgetting her name right now, was on that ABC Family show. She was like the lead. Right. I, so, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's a lot, there was a lot of booked and busy people. I um, think it could come back similar, like an like the iCarly reboot, where it's like for slightly older audiences now, and it could be like the Ned's well, the actor who guy. plays Ned. The actor who plays Ned Big B, I follow him on socials. I forget his name. Oh, Devin. Devin. I his name is Depp. Devin. Yes, I don't know his last name. Yeah, me neither. Um, but I don't know if he has like a YouTube or some type of medium in which he still like does stuff. And I think it's come up before and it wasn't too long ago. And he like totally joked about it. He's like, uh, he's like, part of me is joking, but part of me is really serious. He's like, I'd love to do like a more like maybe adult version of Ned's Declassified where it's like college or like after like college and like adult life, like tips and stuff. I'm like- On um on Nathan Zed's channel, they did something like that. It was like a mini-sode. Um, oh, what was it even called? Where he brought that actor on and they did like a little, a little thing like, yeah, Ned's Declassified, the new survival guide. It's like a minute and a half. Um, and I, you know, he, the, the, the main actor very much wants to do it. It's just a matter of like, does the studio do it? Do they see the demand for it? I think they, they see it more than I think iCarly. Cause I didn't see anyone really asking for an iCarly reboot. We got that. Um, Literally. And everyone's asking for Ness the class file. And they're like, mm, what show? We don't, I, I don't, but, but, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't hear you. I can't like, hear you. Yeah. Um, it, it, again, it's just a very wholesome show to me. There's so much nostalgia. There's so much fun in it. So many great episodes. Um, I'm trying to think of like one in particular that might stand out or, or like a favorite of mine. I saw uh, it was like a TikTok from the show recently where it was just like, I think it was Cookie who was asking the janitor if like a, a girl was hot. It's like, you think she's hot? And he's just like, She's a she's a, a fourteen year old girl, and I'm not gonna answer that question. <laughs> so funny. Yes, so funny, so witty. Um, the episode that actually comes to mind, and maybe this is like strange, but point being that like what they were trying to do with the show was actually give like helpful tips because they knew their target audience. There is like a health episode. Um, and basically the way they like market the episode or the way they like 
they portray it is like Ned has this like weird itch. Mm. Um, and he goes throughout the whole day, but like it's very subtle. It's not like, a, but like as a kid, you'd be laughing, but basically it's like, oh, like there's something going on with the genitals. Like, and it goes into that essence of like puberty and stuff. And I just remember it like something about the end of the episode, they like explain it so clearly where I think it's like the nurse, or whatever. She's like, oh, like it's this. This is what happens when you don't wash this regularly. It causes bacteria and stuff. And she's like, and you're growing older. So you need to do this when you go home tonight. And it's such like a little like educational thing, but like it's something that stuck with me weirdly. Wash your booty hole. <laughs> wash, wash your, wash your boxers every day. Wash please. your ass. <laughs> um, I'm curious if my number two is your number one. I'm sure it's on your short list, but I'm. We'll see. Because this if is. If your number two is my number one, I will throw hands no kidding it's a classic favorite so this is a famous show that a lot a lot of people watched it's very possible it could be my number one let's say and it ran from 2007 to 2012 slash now oh no it's not okay go on and so that is iCarly um I think I got a lot of my humor that I employed in middle and high school from this show to the point where <laughs> when I rewatched it, when it dropped on Netflix, I was watching it and like certain jokes would happen. I'm like, I thought I made, like I thought that was a part of my personality that I made up like, but no, as a middle schooler or whatever, I watched this show, heard this joke and was like, I'm going to repeat this now. I repeated it so much and people must've laughed at it that I, it just became a part of me. You internalized it. You're like, I am a comedy genius. Or like certain mannerisms that some of the characters would have. And I was like, oh no, I internalized this way too much. So for anyone who doesn't know what iCarly is, it's um, about a show about Carly Shay who hosts her own home, her own web show, iCarly. Um, and her and her psychic Sam, uh, they feature everything from comedy sketches and talent contests, interviews, recipes, and problem solving. I didn't think that was a good <laughs> synopsis, but essentially it's about Carly who has a web show with her friends, Sam and Freddie. Um, and they have a bunch of like skits and stuff on it. And they're also in like middle high school. And so it's them balancing that with that and like their growing fame and responsibilities to the show and their responsibilities to their families in school and, you know, basic teen hijinks. And also the greatest character on the show is Spencer, who is Carly's artist brother, who is everything to me. Yeah. Like... I was, when I was watching it the first time, I was too young to have a crush on Spencer second time around. And I know we had this conversation where we're like, Spencer yeah. is so fine. <laughs> he, yeah, he can get it. Like, first of Everything all, him and Sako, they were more than just friends. Let's, let's get that out of the way. But, yeah. ooh, that's a fine law school dropout if I've ever seen one. I agree. I yeah, I, I got a, her. Yeah. I got a lot of my humor from iCarly. 
Undrake and Josh, I'm sure, but mostly iCarly because it's it's such a shame because these are all Dan Schneider shows. I know, like don't worry. So, like there was plenty of cringe stuff on iCarly where like you watch it, like the first thing that comes to mind is when Freddie's having that battle um with the guy in the hallway it was like one of the first episodes too and they're like having a dance battle oh the dance one <laughs> and he's just like watch out watch out watch out and he's like doing the worst dances you ever seen but it plays like the woo sound effect <laughs> like it's so ooh, there's so much cringe on that show but also so much like genuinely funny stuff mostly pertaining to Gibby I feel like um who is like the second best character on the show basically yeah, everyone like, except for the main three is like the best character on the show oh for sure um but Sam's good too talking, talking about Dan, Dan Schneider shows uh Drake and Josh was very close to making my honorable mentions however obviously he made the show and then we have Drake Bell in a lead role I know very you know very obviously very unfortunate for what it was back then it was genius yeah when you and watch it through the lens of like i was a kid when i watched this and like i didn't know dan Schneider was a creep and also drake bell was still a kid um easier to stomach harder to yeah stomach especially because if that nicole brown's in the show Love her. She's an she's an icon. She's a legend. She is and will always be the moment. I remember seeing like ads for Community and being like, "What is Helen from Drake and Josh doing in another show? How dare she? What is she doing?" Um, probably one of my favorite episodes of Drake and Josh, and it's something I probably talk about way too much in like my personal life is the episode with the Demonator when oh. they sneak off when they sneak off to the amusement park to ride the demonator that was that was a stressful episode i mean a lot of them were it stressful. really was they got into so yeah. much so many stressful situations that i was like oh my god like the treehouse episode was so stressful yes when they hit over with the car um <laughs> the one that i'm thinking of is when helen gets the eye operation or whatever yes and, and they bring her back to her like her pad and Drake yeah. wants a party there. Yeah, very yeah. stressful. Uh, but but I love when she's watching the reruns of the show that she was on when she was a kid and her character's catchphrase is, that is not my job. Not my I job. I can't believe I remember it after all these years, but ugh. And Jerry Trainers on that one too and Miranda Cosgrove. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was talking about iCarly. Um, <laughs> It was just genuinely very funny, well-produced. And the one thing I'll say is they would not have been famous. They would have been bullied so bad. Oh, yeah. Like, with all that random shit. Like, no, I would have been bullying their asses. I don't care how scary Sam is. When she's doing a show like that, I do not take her seriously anymore. You're done. Also, how did they, like, kind of both go for Freddy when, like, first of all, Gibby's right there and literally every other boy in school is right there. Like, he had no, he had no drip and he had no game. How is he pulling these bitches? 
sorry, that's a plot hole. <laughs> if, I, if, I've, if I've ever seen one, yes. Um, anyway. Anyways, uh, um, that was my number um, whatever, two. Two. Well, four, two, whatever you want to go. My yeah. So we are going into my number one. Um, it is neither a Nickelodeon or a Disney show. I know, I know. Um, it's a show I talk about a lot on this podcast, I would think. It's something I talk about commonly in my everyday life. It is a show I own on DVD, the entire series. Mm. It is basically, I would say, a good third of my personality. <laughs> and that is the OG Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, so the show ran from 1996, that was the year I was born, to 2003. Um, And there were seven seasons, so it was a bit longer, but it was also like, you know, it was a sitcom, and it was not necessarily a kid show. I just watched it as a kid. I think that's Um, a lot of what happened. It's like it wasn't intended for children, but I think a lot of kids watched it. Oh, for sure. Especially because, you know, I had an older sibling. So, granted, I'm going to watch stuff that mm-hmm. is not for me. It's not for you, but it was for me. It was for me because to this day, it's my favorite probably TV show ever. Again, I watch it so much. I reference it a lot. So, the show ran again from 1986 to 2003. Um, and it was on two different platforms. So, originally, it was on ABC from 1996 to 2000, and then it transferred over to the WB from 2000 to 2003. So first four seasons were on ABC, and then the last three seasons were on the WB. Um, For those who don't know the show, I mean, you should. It follows a girl on her 16th birthday, Sabrina Spellman, learns that she's a half-witch. Her mother is a human and her dad is a warlock, and she's sent to live with her two aunts, Hilda and Zelda Spellman, who are witches themselves, to kind of navigate her through the realm of witchcraft and teenagehood all wrapped up in one. Again, it's loosely based on the comics, so it didn't really follow it too much. It just kind of took some of the characters. It's the same creator as, like, the Archie comics, though, right? Yes. Okay, that's why they're trying to do the, or are doing the the Riverdale Sabrina crossover thing. Crossover, yes. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about the reboot of Sabrina. We're, we're, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. It's, I, I, I don't think it's my, good. I'll get, I'll get I know you have like different Um. So, yeah, that's the premise of the show. What I love so much about it, it's it's literally a timeless show. You can watch it whenever. It. I. I don't it's know. So Again, I'm also. I'm so biased. I. I just. Well, like I didn't watch so, it from the start. I just have seen random episodes and like I've enjoyed them. Yeah. You can also jump in at any point. It's really fun because there's a lot of great pop culture references too. Because there's late '90s, early 2000s. Um, what was that MTV show? that Carson Daly hosted. It's, I can't believe I don't know what it's called right now, but Sabrina is on it in one episode. It's really funny. Britney Spears is on an episode of the show. 
I didn't watch that much and I wasn't really allowed to watch that much MTV as a kid I was mostly when I was in middle school that I was allowed to watch MTV and uh it was mostly just me watching oh it was TRL that's what it was sorry what was Degrassi on T-Nick or MTV T-Nick I feel like there was a lot of overlap between MTV and Teen Nick for some reason. Yeah. Um, so again, a lot of good pop culture references. A lot of just, there's just really great humor inserted into it, especially like watching it as an adult now. Uh, I just, the other day, we were watching some of it because, you know, it's Halloween season. And I love, obviously, all the characters, but Aunt Hilda, like just some of her lines are just so funny. I mean, they're all funny. I don't know. Like, I could go on about the show forever. You know, you got Salem, the talking cat, an mm-hmm. icon, a legend, made the, show, made the show. Made the show. Sabrina is played by Melissa Joan Hart, our Long Island queen. Smithtown right. baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely feel like you have a personal connection to it. Like, it was Thank meant, you. it was made for you. Oh yes, for sure. Like to this day, especially like it's so, it starts out when she's 16 and you know, it was on for seven seasons. So you see her go through high school, you see her go through college, you see her go into like a career by the end of the series. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like, it's very transformative the show. I don't know. It's just, it's very fun. It's a very fun show. It's definitely in a, Nostalgia, like, has that essence, hence why it's number one on my list. It's great serotonin boost for me. Like, everything about it is just comfort. I have. So, what are your thoughts on the the, the new, the, the chilling adventures of Sabrina? Okay, here are my thoughts. So, you've spoken to me a I, bit about it, but I feel like they've changed a bit. Yes, I... Again, I'm a bit biased because we all know I am a big Karen and Shipka stan in this household. Do we know I, that? Do we know that? We should. I love her. I like, I like the actors. Yeah, I love Karen and Shipka. I really do. Um, I think this season one was really great. And then after that, the show's not needed. <laughs> it just went completely off the rail. Again, it's the same person who made Riverdale, so it becomes very cringy very quickly. Yeah, where they just abandon the premise and just do a drama. Yeah, they abandon it and then they start to insert like music into it and just it just became just basically Riverdale 2.0. So that showrunner slash producer deserves jail time. He does because, (laughs) like I said, I. I have to admit, though, unfortunately, I did watch through all of it because I was like, hey, I started this. I need to see how it ends. It ended so horribly. I've never been so disappointed in a, ser- a, a series finale in my life. Wow. Like, I, when you said right now that he deserves jail time, like, I take that, like, fully seriously. Like, I, if I could indict him myself, I would. On charges, for sure. I... The way he ruined something so 
it could have been good. Well, the whole series could have been good. Like, I just, the reason I loved it so much again, Kiernan, I loved how it was, you know, paying more homage to the original comics and sticking more to that. I loved how it was really dark and like satanic and creepy. I loved all of that. See, I don't know. It was just a bit too cringe all around for me. Like when they went dark, they either took it to such a stupid level that it was trying too hard. And then like, I don't know, they counteracted it with all this stupid bullshit. Like I, as soon as she went to like the witch school or whatever, and she left her high school, I wasn't interested in the show at all anymore. And I was barely holding on throughout the first like two or three episodes and after that i was like i'm bored this is the episodes were too long and like nothing really happened in them it was just like a lot of talking about feelings and just like i don't want to do it and i'm like girl you've been saying that for three episodes now i know (laughs) yeah it could have been executed a lot better but however I don't hate the, like I said, I don't hate the casting. I think they did great with the casting, the ambiance, the the cinematography. It was all there. If there were different writers um, and they did things a little differently, I think it could have been a fantastic show. Yeah. But that's like the whole Theseus's ship of it all. It's just like, yeah, if all these things were different, yeah. it would be good because it of would course. be a totally different thing. Different thing, Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I, however, it was fun. Riverdale. I hate Riverdale. It was very fun because in like towards the end of the series, they did pay homage to the OG Sabrina show and they brought back both the original and Hilda and Zelda for an episode. That was really fun. All right. All right. Yeah. But again. Um, the latter seasons aren't worth it. The first, I can't even say the full first season, just like the first couple episodes were really good. And then, it, yeah, I went downhill really quickly. So thank you to Mr. I don't know your name. You don't have to learn his name. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't. He <laughs> deserves charges. Jail. Jail. I, Prison. If any of our listeners would like to start a petition or get something going, I, I mean this whole wholeheartedly to get this man <laughs> fired, arrested, booked, miserable in that order. Go for it, please. Um so my number one <laughs> um is also is actually the only Disney Channel show. Oh, uh, on the list ran from 2002 to 2007 um and that is kim possible i i'm sure i've spoken about kim we have we have several times on the podcast in real life um i just think it's again it's like also it has my life as a teenage robot vibes where it's this girl who has to balance having a normal teenage life with saving it's literally it's literally in the theme song yeah i'm your basic average girl and i'm here to save the world you can't stop me because i'm kim Kim um 
So the, the, the synopsis here is a high school cheerleader and her accident prone best friend balance their duties as global crime fighters with the typical challenges of adolescence. Um, her best friend, of course, is Ron Stoppable, who has the naked mole rot rat companion Rufus. Rufus. Star. Didn't you? You said something controversial about Rufus. You said something very strange about him. You're like, this is a hot take. But I think Rufus is blank. And I forget what you said, but it disturbed me to my core. You called him like a gay icon or something. And I was like, how so? And you were like, you just, you get it or you don't. And I was like, well, I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, when you said fill in the blank, I'm sitting here. I'm like, there's no way I said Rufus is hot. No, you didn't. (laughs) I was like. You didn't say that, She's she's trying to start something. I'm um, setting you up. (laughs) No, you said he was a gay icon. I do think naked role maps. Naked role. Naked mole rat? Naked. Well, oh my god. I think naked mole rats are cute, though. I would say Rufus is so adorable. No, yeah, he's adorable. But But, I don't think people... I don't think people would agree with the fact that they're adorable. You know, you're there's well, two no, ends of the spectrum. In real life, like they're pretty ugly. But On there's the something show, endearing about that. Because you don't, you like, don't feel the texture like and stuff. It's like the hairless cats. Well, they, hairless like, cats are like smooth and they like look like cats. Like yeah, they're like cats ugly, are already yeah. kind of cute. Like rats, they're already kind of, yeah. uh, and then you make that thing naked. Mm. Like none of the words in the name. No one, nothing in the name suggests that it's going to be cute. It's naked. Okay. Weird. Mole. Moles are notoriously ugly. Um, And a rat, which again. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. Rat. Like naked mole rat. Nothing about that suggests this is going to be a cute creature who enjoys a knocko and saving the world. Um, what should we call it? I anyway, I loved Kim Possible. I um, I saw myself as Kim Possible. I'm sure Christy Carlson Romano did as well. Um, I'm surprised she hasn't done a video recently about Kim Possible since that's what she's mostly relevant for, besides um, Cadet Kelly. Um, I know that she's done a few, uh, things in the past about it. Um, do you want to know a fun fact about Christy Cross and Romano? Yeah. My friend's roommate is her, like, videographer, like, the guy who shoots those videos for her. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I thought, Amazing. I thought he was joking about it. Like he said he had a personal connection to Christy Carlson Romano. And I was just like, oh, he's just like being funny because he's a joking kind of a guy. Um, yeah. And I just thought he was like weirdly into those videos because like it was kind of funny. And then he's like, no, like my roommate literally films the Makes videos sense. for her. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> anyways. Anyways, um, I, the show went on for a very long time and and as it should have it's it had arcs um all of the villains were like so yas and slay yes (laughs) i mean i have one thing thing to say 
I have one thing to say about the show, Shigo. Shigo really awoke so many young some young women and men in their in their lives and we all have to be grateful to her for that um she's, we, we salute her she's so yas and slay there's like a few episodes where they do team up um and that's those are like some of my favorite like when draken and shigo aren't like the main villains and like they're against other people and like they kind of like team up kind of where it's just like the enemy of my enemy is my friend oh kind of hot so like there's a Christmas episode where I think Ron and Draken get together to like help save Kim or something. And it's like, oh, this is wonderful. Um, I don't know where Shigo is at this, at this point, but um, Shigo also like goes off and does her own stuff. Like without yeah, Draken. She's like, she's, like, she realizes like, oh, I'm, this is about my favorite. She, she probably is on like some type of sabbatical or vacation. Yeah. Like she deserves. I also loved, uh, junior no senior 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 and senior senior junior um they're really fun villains uh man there's just so many good villains this monkey fist of course um i love like loved kim and ron as a kid like before i knew what shipping was i was like these two She's like, before I really knew what romance was, she's like, I I want this. I get this. I'm like, I I have loved that kind of character slash man ever since. That kind of like bumbling, supportive friend character. Um, Ugh. Love that. Um, The episode, not even the episode, the special. um, So the drama where it ends with them going to prom together or the dance and they're on the dance floor and they kiss. Oh my God. Like people died. People <laughs> died. <laughs> the, the world stopped in that moment. Like I was, I don't even know how old watching, like probably like seven watching that. And I was just like, mm-hmm, this is it. This is when we peak. Uh, You're like, it's, it's not going to get greater than this. And it, it still hasn't. So <laughs> You know, and she's wearing that little, she's wearing her hair up, which is weird for Kim, really. And she's wearing that blue dress. Ugh, I remember it so vividly. Anyway, I think there used to be the Kim Possible like challenge in Epcot at Disney. Now I think it's just the, I think it's the Phineas and Ferb one. I think they need to bring back the Kim Possible one too and have them both go on at the same I agree. time. Because I love Phineas and Ferb, don't get me wrong. Um, but I love Kim Possible more. We need also, a little girl power, too. Yeah. And Phineas and Ferb was, like, a little bit after when I was a kid. Like, when did it start? Like, 2009? Maybe? I'm going to look it up. Uh, but that was, like, more my brother. Okay, no, it started in 2007. I was gonna say 2007. Yeah, it's in middle school. Like 13-ish. 2014, maybe. Uh, It was definitely, yeah, when I was in, like, middle school. Um, I watched it, but it wasn't, like, something I watched new episodes of. Like, if it was on, I'd watch it. Um, Yeah. Not the way I was obsessive about, like, iCarly and stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, those are my top five. 
I would say, yeah, Kim Possible is like my number one of all time. Like I will rewatch it a million times. I don't care. I love it. As you as you said. Um, now for our honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, got a little bit of a uh, mixed genre mm-hmm. in there. First one I, I had to put in, and I'm surprised I didn't make my top five. So good, but it just it couldn't fit in. Legends of the Hidden Temple. I didn't really watch that. I think it was a little bit before my time, and also it scared me. You know, like, I, it was a little scary. I dreamed of being on that show as a kid. I was like, I mm-hmm. want to do these challenges. It was the, the, competitive, the competitive Leo in me watching, and I was like, I could do this. I can achieve. And then but when they get to the temple at the end and they have to um, get past all of these, like, traps and everything, and I'm like, it, it was just so intriguing to watch, and it really had me hooked for that half hour, however long it was. It was fun. It was fun. It was mm-hmm. fun, fun, fun. Um, I have the Amanda show on here. Again, very whimsical, full of fun skits, but then you had the dramedy that was Moody's Point. Yeah, with and Taryn Killam. <laughs> it's so good. Iconic. Iconic. So good. Um, the Fairly Odd Parents mm-hmm. is a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw something. Oh, I saw something recently where I was driving on the highway and someone, I kid you not, like literally had like a bike rack attached to the back of their car and they had a pink and green bike. And I'm just like, Cosmo Wanda? I, whenever I see that color, those two colors together, I think of Cosmo Wanda, and I think that's, that's impact, if anything. That is impact, if not anything, yeah, and I literally, it's being 25 years old, and that's the first thing my brain went to, like, kudos mm-hmm. to Nickelodeon. But it is also um, very much, like, that whole Bobby Jack color palette. <laughs> yeah, and also, what I think what I remember most about Fairly Odd Parents, going back to what we were talking about before, were their holiday episodes, both their Halloween and Christmas episodes, were always so fun mm. and just like really good. Um, and then the last on my list is Phil of the Future. I loved Phil of the Future. I, to this day, have yeah. the biggest crush on Ricky Ullman. That finale was intense and emotional. You know, like the fin there there was a lot of finality to it it's just like all right yes i'm going back i got really i got really worked up talking about this show it was <laughs> so it's so good so good i i loved all like the little inventions that they had from the future and it's mm. something i wanted so badly um and yeah it was just like a great story plot i love the chemistry between um ali mashaka and ricky ullman on the show yep <sighs> I I love the, uh, what was the character's name? The the caveman who was also with them? Yes. Hold on, I need to look this up. But wasn't, it's the same actor that plays the principal. And I didn't realize that until my mom pointed it out. We were watching it. She's just like, yeah, don't you see? Like the, the principal, it's the same actor as the caveman. I was like, what? 
no but it absolutely was and I was like oh my god this is incredible um oh my god the outfits on this show were camp oh I forgot Evan Peters was on it too mm-hmm. that's and yeah. Kay Panabaker well of course man what a what a show um my Curtis Curtis was the name right of the caveman yeah, that's a funny name for a caveman <laughs> um my on legends I have a long list but I'm just gonna run through them Rugrats of course um Spongebob Squarepants which almost made my top five but it's just like it goes without saying I think at this point that like everybody, I didn't put loves, it in anything. Yeah. everybody loves Spongebob unless you don't and then whatever um <laughs> uh Zoe 101 of course uh Lizzie McGuire which also almost made my top five I loved Lizzie McGuire um Drake and Josh though the future between the lions which I think was on PBS uh, which was like another like educational show with like quasi Muppets it wasn't actual Muppets it was like that studio that also made puppets um the same one that did I think uh, uh the the big bear and the big blue chair I don't I'm not saying that correctly whatsoever um Another one I really liked was Dragon Tales. Love Dragon, Dragon Tales. Tales. Um, Cyber Chase, which I've mentioned. I've mentioned Cyber Chase to some people in the awful, awful context of I have a list of my unconventional childhood crushes um, and Digit <laughs> from Cyber Chase is on it. Um, who is a bird, a robot bird with a little baseball hat, who was voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. So yeah, what does that say? Let's not, we don't have to unpack all of that. <laughs> so we like Zach and Cody. This stock photo from Cyberchase. Enough, enough. Um, House of Mouse on Disney Channel, which was oh, essentially just Mickey Mouse and his friends having like a nightclub but they would just show like i would love to go to a restaurant where they just show clips of stuff and like there's like maybe some hijinks going on behind the scenes but like that's about it um yeah ned's declassified the amanda show oswald which was just such like a like a melancholy show like i feel like there was so much sadness in that show um but i enjoyed it um i don't know if you remember the show but it was uh called rubber dubbers and it was all like these bath time toys no I, it, it exists in such a strange part of my brain that i remember it so vividly and like what all the toys look like um but i like don't really even remember watching the show so it's strange um and then I just remembered this show. It was called The Other Siders. And I think it was on uh, Cartoon Network. And it was like a paranormal investigation show. Um, but like for kids where like they would go to um, 
like these haunted locations and they'd have like these haunted experiences. And I thought it was all fucking real. And my sister was like, no, it's not. And I was like, hmm? Like they're making like that, those, the things that they're using aren't real. Like they, the thermal cameras, like they're not, it's not, it's not real. It's all fake stuff just to, to spook you. And I was like, so betrayed. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go back to Scooby-Doo, which I also did watch a good amount of as a kid. I just don't. Yeah. Know. Like it was always something that was like on like that, and like Tom and Jerry, they were always just like on. So I watched them, but like, I didn't like turn them on. I don't know how to explain that, but. No, you know I, I, mean. I, I got it. Because it was on, <laughs> you're watching Boomerang, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <Remember> Boomerang? <laughs> I do. Um, but yeah, those are all my honorable, honorable mentions. I'm also going to let you know that your, my screen for you has been frozen for probably like 10 minutes now. Um, I can hear you, but I, you have had the same expression. <laughs> love that for me for like pretty so accurate let me know what faces you're making also for the for the audience because they never can see you yeah i'll let the audience um, know i've been smiling and making kind of weird quizzical glances at the screen when i'm reading something that i don't quite understand um but i hope that i can convey that in my voice enough I am constantly just touching and playing with my hair. And in all honesty, I do a lot of people watching now. I get really distracted since I have that city view. Yeah, I'm sky watching because the sun's going Where down and it's gorgeous. I'm, I just watch all the tourists walk by my place um, during our recording. And I'm just like looking down on them like, hmm, what's going on in their lives? And then so we also have a corner apartment so i could see at like the other apartments on their like corners and like mm. their if their windows are open so i have our neighbor wow. next door to us i guess technically it's like their diagonal because we're a corner diagonal from us is in what looks like to be his office space and he has a microphone right now I'm like, is he recording? But the he type, has a like, podcast. <laughs> he got no. He's definitely probably doing some type of like gaming stuff. If I had a guess. Oh, is, is does he have a gamer setup? Is he a streamer? I mean, you think? What kind maybe, of chair is he sitting it? in? He's. It's a black chair. It has. Is there red on it? it? Definitely. I can't see that well. No, it looks like a normal black desk chair with like okay. side arms. But there are like giant speakers on the desk. Hmm. It's also a very messy room. Uh, there's like book stacks. I don't even know what the books could be. There's like a stuffed whale on the floor. Maybe he's wearing he's <laughs> maybe a stalker or a professor. Even is he old enough? And he has, no, he's probably around our age. He has headphones hmm. on right now. It looks like he's on his phone though. It's not doing anything. The microphone's like right in front of him. So um yeah i'm always curious Imagine as to what he's people like a, are doing. a famous twitch streamer and you just have no idea it's very it's possible Anything's did you possible. did you see the movie voyeurs with um justice smith and uh sydney sweeney i did not i haven't either but the part of that anyway is just like these this couple looking across the 
block, I think, at this other couple who lives in like the apartment across from them and just like observing their lives and trying to figure out more about them. Um, so you're like kind of in one of those right now. Um, I, yeah, that's another reason I like living in a city would be so hard for me because like I'm nosy and I love people watching. So <laughs> I would get nothing done. <laughs> it's a real um, problem. I, I do get a lot done. I just, I get distracted very easily. Because like, well, when you're in like a coffee shop, it, you can't just stare at people because like that's creepy. So yeah. I just, and it's like almost like the not wanting to interact with anyone. So you have to stare at your work. Whereas like if you're in your own little space, your little area, you can look at people. Um, I remember like doing work in the library at St. Joe's. I'd always take a window seat like next to that big oh, same. window thing. And yes. I would watch so many people walking on the sidewalk and be like, hmm, what class, they, what class are they doing? What are they talking about? Um, that, that was my favorite activity. My favorite spot. Yeah. If we're going to talk about nothing done. the St. Joe's library for a hot second, my favorite spot would be you'd walk in and you'd go up the, that mini flight of half stairs mm-hmm. and go directly towards the windows. And so you sometimes, went on to the second floor? Yes. Okay. I was, and I, I'd go down on the first floor. Okay, and I would either go a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left, because I didn't want to be dead center where I see everyone in the library, too. I wanted to be kind of in my own little corner and, like, towards, like, the end of the window, so I was, like, very secluded, and, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd go down and then to the right, so it's, like, right before there's all those desks and, like, the circle, almost, and all those computers, but, like, they were just, like, those own nooks, Um and just so I could see everyone kind of coming down the path and I'd be like, I love, I love me a good nook. I love, oh, yeah. I loved a good nook. I hate it when like there were so many and people would opt to sit like right next to mine. I'm like, sorry, are we having a study group right now? There yeah, are it's so almost many like, other free ones. <laughs> it's almost like when you're like, you go to the bathroom and there's like a line of urinals and someone goes to the urinal like right next to you. It's like, dude, there's like five others. Dude, That's yeah. how I feel about it exactly i always am going to the urinals and <laughs> she gets it she gets it but like that's how it feels in that scenario it's like yeah. there are literally 10 other desks mm-hmm. yeah I, you're in my bubble you're in my bubble yeah it's not, there's no reason for that um there, no anyway anyways sorry's for my showers that was an awful australian accent jesus y- you should apologize to all of australia uh no they know what they did (laughs) (laughs) uh anyways (laughs) death to all of them no i don't mean that australians are fine (laughs) (laughs) except for the stingray that killed steve Irwin. who was i talking to i was talking to someone the other day and we were talking to the stingray and someone was like did they kill it and i'm like what they're like yeah did they kill it i'm like yeah they just saw it sting steve Irwin, and they just took out a gun and shot it like (laughs) i don't think it's it's not how that works (laughs) i think it'd be really funny though we just also i really shoot it as much as i enjoy stingrays especially my cow my cow nose rays Mm -hmm. i'm a big fan i really don't know much about ray culture like when they lose their barb do they die 
it, it depends because there's there's all different types of rays that I'm, I'm gonna do some research after we yeah be, um, i think our this. next episode 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 should be um, <laughs> our top five types of rays like uh like manta rays and stingrays and all that stuff um i'm kidding i think our next episode is actually um uh, either gonna be like a halloweeny based one wow or i think at this point if we're doing the every other week thing it might be unless we squeeze another one in there our episode on uh red because it comes out what like a month from now yeah november 12th yeah so we gotta we gotta record our ranking of it so look mm-hmm. forward to that coming out Very soon i have to so. i have to do my ranking that's gonna take a lot of energy out of me emotional energy emotion and i have no emotional energy to spare these days nor do i have physical energy i've had uh intense back pain for the past four days like since monday um where i wake up and like i can't really move and then my back has spasms and so when i do move which i really can't it just hurts and like it's kind of just like a dull Pain right I think now. you should get that checked out, girl. Yeah, probably. Well, I was like, you gotta go to the chiropractor, girl. And I was like, no, no time. No, um, you, you, need, you need to go to a doctor who will like... I'm like, no, ibuprofen and hot water bottle. I'm cured. No, yeah. I need to I need to go yeah, somewhere. Yeah. But my like biggest fear is like I go somewhere and they're like, girl, it's just regular pain. Like, just take some ibuprofen. Okay, but- you're literally talking to the borderline hypochondriac who goes to like urgent care for basically everything. I know, but I am so afraid of being invalidated <laughs> about my own pain. Oh, <laughs> no, I see like, I just don't have enough. I don't even know what to consider that. I don't care that if they mm. try to invalidate me, I'll be like, I'm in pain, help me. Yeah, maybe, maybe I will. Um, That's what, that's the approach I think you need to take. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll inquire somewhere. I don't know, but uh, this has been fun. Uh, it has been. I have been Kay. I have been Craig. And go watch. And go watch. A goddamn. A goddamn. What are you gonna movie. say? Are you say? Oh, okay, you did say movie. Okay, I didn't know if you're gonna change yeah. or not. Um. Anyway, bye guys. Goodbye, everyone. See you next time.